0: Not to spoil this entire episode, but hold on one second.
1: Tristan's yelling at his dog again. Tristan's the heel on the podcast. Everybody always thinks, and by everybody I mean me. Then I'm the heel on the podcast, because I always talk about grim reality, and they're never going to push Rusev and stuff like that. But you know what? Tristan's the heel on the podcast, because he he yells at his dog. I've never heard of a face that yells at their dog. A the face walks around, and the dog is just, like, ruling their life. Okay, Tristan's back, so I'm going to shut up.
0: So what's the secret message this time?
1: Yeah, you'll find out. <laughs>
0: I'm Tristan Marsh.
1: I'm Alec Pazio.
0: Welcome to What's NXT. We're super excited because last weekend we were at TakeOver Brooklyn 4.
1: Yeah, man. It was great. It's becoming our tradition now. And I'm going to see if I can get you to go to that stupid TNA show in October.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay.
1: It's our tradition to go see wrestling shows now.
0: I'm more excited for whatever they're going to call the takeover before WrestleMania because yeah, that's, that's going to be awesome. Excited. Uh, that's something
1: we're going to have to. Uh, I hopefully that's something we can get on early enough to really just grab some good seats.
0: <laughs> I don't want to spoil this entire episode, but I hope, I hope beyond hope that by the time WrestleMania rolls around, Shayna Baszler has the belt back.
1: I hope beyond hope that by the time WrestleMania rolls around, they'll figure out how to fucking stream properly to those big screens on top of Barclays Center. What the hell was that all about?
0: (laughs) If you heard weird chanting during the Velveteen Dream EC3 match, during the tag match, during the women's match, it was not that the entire audience was disinterested in the match. It was that. All of the big screens showing the live feed were just completely black, and it was really pissing people off.
1: Yeah, no, it was not great. I think this is the first time that they did this, but their new strategy appears to be just stream it from the network, which seems horrible. That seems like a really bad idea because, like, you're just opening yourself up to, oh well, now we're relying on the internet. Let's just throw a whole other thing into the mix that we need to. Well, it wasn't
0: exactly from the network. It was like it was like the live feed that goes to the network.
1: Yeah, I guess I just feel like I don't
0: think that they were streaming it off the internet.
1: They had the little logo in the top left from the when you watch it on the network.
0: Really, yeah. I didn't notice that. Oh, maybe they, they had more. the little uh,
1: hashtag NXT crap on it. They didn't have that last time. Last time we just got a camera feed.
0: That explains all of the uh, buffering, swirling circles.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a new gimmick, but it, it wasn't. We didn't have great seats this time, Tristan, and I, I, I feel like it's because we didn't jump on it fast enough. I want to oh. be, I want to be on the floor level next time.
0: We didn't jump on it.
1: Yeah, we didn't. We jump didn't on jump it. on it. I was gonna buy the fucking tickets, and I was waiting on you. I was ready to buy them when they first came out, and I didn't know what you wanted to do because you didn't want to spend the money on them. That's what happened.
0: One of my new coworkers also went to take over. Ooh, okay. She said. The thing you got to do, you got to either buy them right when they drop or you wait until the week before, because the week before all of the assholes who bought a bunch of tickets <laughs> to sell them on surplus on StubHub start getting worried that they aren't going to sell all their stock. Yeah. So they start okay. discounting them. So she was like, I'm trying to get floor tickets for a 100 bucks. <laughs> I don't know. That just makes me nervous. I can't. I can't play in my life.
1: I feel like we'd miss it. I feel like I waited way too long this time anyway.
0: That's like people who used to be like, oh, what you gotta do is just always fly standby. How do you play in your fucking life doing
1: that? You don't plan anything. You just fly standby, and then you're just like, well, what the fuck? Why weren't you there to pick me up? Because you showed up at three in the morning two days before you said you would.
0: Because you showed up in a different city because that was the cheap ticket. It's not ideal. Hannah enjoyed going to take over but uh was so tired from drinking too much german beer
1: yeah well we gotta not do that next time
0: <laughs> she was just like you know what next time it would probably be better if just you and alec went
1: all right well i think emily's still gonna want to go because i think she was super into it like when you see it it catches you she wanted to talk about it after
0: before we get into our thoughts, what were her yeah. thoughts?
1: Oh, I wrote them down so I remember them clearly. Um, So I think her favorite match of the night was either Ricochet, Adam Cole, or Shayna Great Baszler, match. Kyrie Sane. Great match. Yeah. I would say those are either those are my contenders for match of the night, too. They're fighting with each other, and I think Ricochet, Adam Cole, edges it out just because of the ridiculously insane coordinated crap that they pulled.
0: For me, Kyrie Sane, Shayna Baszler edges it out.
1: Okay, yeah. I but I'm just saying for me this was a big hurdle to overcome to be I like see. oh flippy shit is my match of the night, <laughs> and it was, um. But she loved that. She loved the the women's match. She liked Shayna way more than she liked Kyrie. Uh, which I think is pretty obvious because Shayna looks like a monster who can destroy you and Kyrie looks like a, an anime character, she said, that she's not surprised wrestling nerd guys like because <laughs> she looks like an anime character. I don't get it. I don't really get why she has such widespread appeal among wrestling fans, which are like notoriously jerky, like man's man kind of guys. She's like, no, she's an anime character. She's really cute, of course. She really liked Mustache Mountain. Um, she liked them a lot. She thought that they were really fun and she liked she thought that they showed good heart. She liked Tyler Bate and the strength that he was showing and yeah. uh she liked Trent Seven too cuz he was a little round. I think Trent Seven is pretty cool. I think I think he I he, think he comes across as being pretty cool too even though he's like the bigger of the two.
0: It's just very funny because he's such a good wrestler but he's also in the ring with a guy who's like 21 years old and as strong and handsome as Tyler Bate is. So even though he's incredibly charismatic and a great wrestler in his own right, and only like 35, you're like, oh. He's the old fat man of the group.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that he started, it doesn't help that he started spraying his hair gray (laughs) or silver or whatever. Like that didn't really help. She liked Adam Cole, but not as much as Ricochet. He was probably her favorite wrestler of the night. And I said, I knew he was going to be your favorite because she loves flippy shit. She's like all about it. She liked Zach Gibson better than Pete Dunne, which is why we broke up, by the way. Uh, (laughs) But she did like Pete Dunne.
0: I really love Pete Dunne. But I like Zach Gibson as well because he makes such a good foil for Pete Dunne right now because he's like, oh, no, you only act like a scumbag. I broadcast that I'm a scumbag. I show up and I'm like, I'm a scumbag. Yeah, I kick people's asses. So, yeah, let's let's start down the long road of Brooklyn Takeover 4.
1: Yeah, and also a special shout out, by the way, to our buddies, um, Z and M, who went, I don't know if they're cool with me using their names on podcast, so whatever. Yeah. But they were cool. So we're going to call them
0: Z and M, like they're uh, two... British two, spies. Oh, British spies. I was going to go Doesn't that with sound like, good? the two uh, sci-fi characters in uh, a weird non-sci-fi based anime.
1: You know what? That sounds really good, too. They're <laughs> also, their spies for Great Britain.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. On Galaxy but, but on also, Galaxy But Train. also they're like friends with a young schoolgirl, even though they're aliens.
1: Yeah, well, she has a magic locket that she screams into to get them to show up when she needs the most.
0: <laughs> that she screams into.
1: Yeah, well, she like clutches it in her <laughs> hand and <then> she's like, <laughs> she clutches it in her hand and she's like, I need help! And then they show up.
0: Yeah. We showed up. The website said that the show was starting at Yeah, what the hell was this? 7.15.
1: My ticket. My ticket said 7.30.
0: I'm going to check the Barclays Center website to find out when the doors open so that we can be there for the whole damn thing. And right, because
1: that's what we want. We want to see that taping.
0: 6.15, right? Yeah. And we showed up at 6. We get upstairs and... They introduce Bianca Belair versus some lady who was good. I forget her name.
1: Oh, shit. You know what? I forgot it, too, because we we weren't even there for the intros. We were in the bathroom.
0: We were in the bathroom, and we overhear Bianca Belair. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit. I zipped up and got some pee in my pants because, fuck, yeah. I got to, like, rush through this. Yeah. I'm fucking nah. up.
1: <laughs> I was really surprised that they started that what? early.
0: No, I didn't. I didn't know was saying to a pee-pee pants, guy. I didn't pee, I pee in my pants. I, uh, I got some drips
1: when in my pants. Tristan always pees, pees in his so pants. Much, He's arguing with his girlfriend about whether or not he peed in his pants, guys. He says he didn't, but I heard him. There's audio evidence that he peed in his pants. It's on this podcast. You guys heard it. All right? I can tell you that... At 7.25, because I have a glow-in-the-dark watch because I'm a child, I looked down at my watch. It was 7.25. I looked up at the ring, and we're halfway through the first match of the night. <laughs> and I looked at Emily, and I said, that My ticket's at 7.30. If we got here on time, we would be, we'd be coming in now.
0: Yeah, it was nuts.
1: It was insane.
0: Hold on one second. Hi. It's okay. <laughs> Kimmy's just going to be making some noise for a second.
1: Oh, that's all right. I can't hear it. They won't hear it. You know, on YKS, you always hear that dog clicking around. That's true. And that's fine. That's a great podcast. <laughs> you fuck. That's probably the best podcast I'm listening to right now, and I'm laughing at it in public. And people look at me like I'm nutcase.
0: Why don't we not talk about wrestling for the next 45 minutes? And then
1: talk is- about wrestling for like 20 minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's I can easy. Call, I can call you fat, and you can get angry at me. Yeah, well, then
1: I'll call you fat, though. See, it doesn't work. Is uh, one of them not fat?
0: Oh, it doesn't work? Are we uh, talking about your prick?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really good. That's exactly what I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I expected.
0: I want to know who the fuck this other lady was.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. That's good. Well, it wasn't Sarah Logan this time, so we know that.
0: Because because she was like actually fucking cool she like she I think she's job. gonna be in
1: May Young I'm not sure
0: DiOna Perazzo
1: is she gonna be in May Young I feel like she is
0: well one of the auto completes was DiOna Perazzo signs with NXT so she is in NXT good. oh she she was uh, wrestling in Women of Honor for a bit oh good. But, um, oh, and she likes pit bulls. Okay. So well, I, that's I really, awesome. I, oh my goodness. She posts a lot of photos of pit bulls.
1: Oh, that's cool. I like pit bulls. This is maybe the one dog I kind of would have, unless Emily just wants to get a dog and then I'm probably just stuck with a dog.
0: So Diana Perazzo is right up there with my favorite wrestlers now.
1: Right. Cause she has a dog.
0: <laughs> um, no, it doesn't look like she even has a dog. It looks like she, she just has... likes dogs walks through dog parks taking photos of dogs. Oh,
1: so she's a creep, and you love that. Tristan, <laughs> yeah. you are the heel.
0: You're the I heel am not of the podcast. The
1: heel. You're the heel of the podcast. It's gotta be.
0: Alec, I'm a good guy, and I know I've made mistakes in the past, but I'm going to set them right.
1: Correction, you are the monster of the podcast.
0: <laughs> she was great.
1: Yeah, she was good. And I thought uh, that match was really fun, even though we came in halfway through almost, because I think it was like an eight-minute match.
0: Yeah, and it was also really hard to get invested because obviously, while we're trying to watch it, we're also like settling into our seats and like and
1: getting up so people can walk in front of us.
0: It's the EST of NXT.
1: Yeah, well, we got some. Ch- they got some chance in for her. Our section was kind of fun. We always talk a little bit about our section, right? Always, as if we've only, as if we haven't only done this twice. But our section was kind of fun.
0: The guys behind us were a lot less polished than they were last year. Last yeah. year, they had different jokes for everybody.
1: Last year, they were hilarious. They called Lars Sullivan "Oni Lorkin."
0: <laughs> <laughs> they were great. Last year, they were hilarious. This year, this guy had five rotating jokes and. It started wearing. Whenever somebody got put in like a stretch muffler or something, he would go, "Oh, who's your yoga instructor?"
1: Oh, I didn't hear that one. He was behind you. He was. I was lucky. I was off to the side, so I didn't. That hear one. It.
0: That one happened at least like fifty times in the night. Uh, it was just like the same thing. I did like it him making
1: fun of the crowd, though. Like he called every NXT chant before it happened. I thought that was awesome.
0: If you've watched three episodes of NXT, you're like, oh, they're about to chant NXT.
1: He kept saying, like, the You Deserve It chant was going to come, but it never did. No, 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 no. never. We never, never... I don't think we ever did a You Deserve It chant.
0: No, we didn't. Kyrie... Kyrie, Sane didn't get the You Deserve It for the belt, and we also didn't get any ironic You Deserve It chants.
1: Not when Ciampa got smashed up a billion times, million times, whatever. We never got that. But we did get some interesting chants during the uh, Baszler uh, match, we got a lot of your white trash, Shayna, from this guy behind us who kept shouting and screaming. Oh,
0: the guy he behind hated, you.
1: hated like hated all her. the way behind me. But he yeah, was yeah. like up in the rafters, and I could still hear him. He was, he hated her.
0: He was, yeah, he was doing those kinds of like personal attacks. He wasn't yeah. like you. She suck. is, he is was real like, heat with him. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You ran over my dog, Shayna Baszler. Fuck off. Shayna Baszler, you piece of shit. My my
1: fucking uncle still can't forgive you for killing his wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we also got some very disingenuous chants during the Shayna Baszler match.
1: Oh, that was just people being dumb heel, heel guys. That, but that wasn't in our section. I have to say our section was pretty good.
0: If our section had started chanting, you can't wrestle at Shayna Baszler, I would have gotten into a fight.
1: No, yeah, we would have gotten up and started some shit. You don't leverage that chant at, at uh, Shayna Baszler. She can certainly you, wrestle. You
0: leverage it at somebody like a Kona Reeves. Yeah, who can't it's wrestle. it's
1: funny. Uh, yeah, the idea is he probably can wrestle. He's just not. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. But, yeah, for her, it's like she could definitely wrestle, and she is wrestling. Um. I did like the guy behind you. He had one really good joke when the screens were out, and it was during the EC3. He was like, I am in the top, top fucking row.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it was either our section or someone else that started to fix the screen, but there were, it was pretty close.
0: If you, except for the Shayna Baszler match, there were very few chants that I heard where I was like, shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah. Audiences don't necessarily know, and this is a criticism I'm hearing a lot, so I'm making the criticism as well, how to express themselves properly. Like, I uh, I like some of the heels. Well, that doesn't mean I'm going to get up and start chanting for the heels. I'm going to quietly sit there and applaud the heels with my hand clapping when they do so. Well, like Shayna Baszler did something cool. I clapped. When she was... You know, in a in a submission, which was like, I think twice I clapped to get her out, but I didn't chant for her. You're not supposed to. She's the heel. It's oh, see, I no, you did because you're she's your fucking wrestle crush. Everybody knows my wrestle crush is Pete Dunne. He could do no wrong. Your wrestling crush is Shayna Baszler. You'll cheer for her, even if she's like beating a person to death with a sledgehammer.
0: I think that some of the heel face dynamic might have changed in the Johnny Gargano Champa matches.
1: I think so, but I don't know if that's really true.
0: <laughs> but I was like, I'm not gonna clap or cheer for either of uh, them for Champa when he comes out because that's gonna ruin this. Mm-hmm. The whole point is that he's supposed to come out and everybody's booing.
1: I so don't. i just him, gonna.
0: I I didn't boo him either, but I just sat there and was like, okay. Yeah. This, is, this is how it begins.
1: He's not even that hated to me anymore because I've been falling out of love with Johnny, which I think is what's supposed to happen. We'll get there, but I don't think it's happening. <laughs> we had a guy, actually, one of the guys during the Johnny Gargano match at a moment when Johnny had Gargano dead to rights and it looked like he could show him mercy, shouted, we want him dead, Johnny, which basically plays into my opinions. And <laughs> But I thought Somebody that was else said...
0: Kick his head off his fucking body, Johnny. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was, yeah. I think the most brutal I got during any cheat chant was way early on in the taping when Pete Dunne came out and I shouted, rip his fucking teeth out. Because I love Pete Dunne and I want to see him rip a guy's teeth out.
0: That's what you're into.
1: Yeah, ugh.
0: This Bianca Belair and Diana Perazzo match.
1: Yeah, that was really fun.
0: Yet again, no fucking hair shit. Awesome. No,
1: she doesn't need it. I think that might be the the reason she changed the song is because the song is about her hair now. I never needed you at all.
0: <laughs> I especially like that she didn't go to the hair because uh, this was one of the more competitive matches that she's been in. Deanna Perazzo actually like put her in some compromising positions. I'm not gonna rely on my hair whip. I'm gonna rely on my ungodly strength.
1: Yeah, my horrifying amount of physical conditioning.
0: She so that was really looks fun. Like
1: several blocks of granite stacked on top of each other.
0: Oh yeah, she—you cannot push her over.
1: No way, she's great.
0: You can't push over somebody like Tomohiro Ishii because he's like one of those inflatable, uh, clown, punching. Bags. Yeah, he'll just bounce backwards. He'll just bounce back, but, uh, uh, Bianca Belair. You just can't get her down at all.
1: Yeah, it's one of those cartoon moments where you're just pushing up against the wall and, and treadmilling in place. That was a cool opener. Yeah, and there was a lot of good you know, display, and I think it got people in a good mood because the next match came, which was a pre-tape match, and it was very well received.
0: This goes back to the weird pacing and timing of this because last year there was like probably... 30 minutes between the first pre-taped match and the second one. and yeah, this there was one, a while, yeah. Bianca Belair versus Perrazzo ends. And we're like, okay, maybe now it's time to go, like, get some snacks, get some soda, come back. And, like, five minutes later, they're like, and walking to the ring, Zach Gibson. You're like, oh, shit, okay, never mind.
1: Yeah, no, 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 no snacks for you, dude. Zach Gibson. They're is really cool burning
0: one. through this shit.
1: Yeah. It was not only started about a half hour earlier or forty-five minutes earlier than we thought, but also we're just rushing through it.
0: Although that was kind of nice because it kept you like
1: It was nice. Engaged. Well, because I'm I'm a I'm the kind of person I don't want to miss anything. So even last year I didn't get up to use the bathroom at all or anything. And I was just like, oh man. This is rough. Because they would they would make you wait a long time, you're right. But that that was this was preferable, I think. But yeah, that match was great if that match was part of takeover proper that could have been a contender for one of the matches of the night
0: i was rooting for zach gibson just because i wanted to see what your reaction right. would be if because you,
1: you, you we had talked about this earlier and you giggled with glee at the prospect that my entire night would be ruined by a pete dunn loss yes because you I... are the heel of this podcast
0: <laughs> i'm not a heel
1: uh-huh you just I'm want to chaotic good suffer. there's a difference okay great sure
0: thing we were eating before the match and Alec is telling ZNM oh I love Pete Dunne and Tristan he doesn't love Pete Dunne and I was like
1: I didn't say that I said and I was your like just because Shayna of Baszler. that
0: just because of that I'm not gonna root for Pete Dunne I tonight. said the
1: way I feel about Pete Dunne is the way you feel about Shayna Baszler. That's it. That's what I said. And I think it's accurate. I think, but it might be different because I think Pete Dunne might actually just be my favorite wrestler of all.
0: I can't wait for an extended feud between Pete Dunne and Zach Gibson.
1: Yeah, I think it's good.
0: Their styles are so complementary because they're so close to each other, but they aren't the exact same thing.
1: You can lock onto the difference, I think, in the match because... Pete Dunn is cruel and mean and calculating. He wants to hurt you so he can win the match, and then he doesn't care about you anymore. You're a bug. Zach Gibson is cruel and mean emotionally. He maybe doesn't even care about winning. He just wants to be mean to you to be mean. He's like a sadist. So, like, the difference is people have called Pete Dunn sadistic in the past, but I knew that they were wrong because Pete Dunn doesn't see other people as human beings. So how could they feel?
0: Pete Dunne is just a sociopath.
1: Right. Whereas. So he is an amazing, they're amazing counterparts to each other because it's going to be really cool. Like we saw it in this match, but seeing it play out over and over again to get all those distinctions out of the way, it's going to be really cool.
0: Or maybe it's more like uh, Zach Gibson is a sociopath and Pete Dunne is like the spectrum wrestler. I don't understand interpersonal connections, I just understand how to break people's joints. Yeah,
1: I don't know enough about psychology to, to make a to make a reading on either of them or whatever psychic crap people do, but I do know enough.
0: <laughs> you know that psychology is different from psychic crap, right?
1: Oh, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of Tom Cruise interviews, and apparently, you know, they're pretty much the same thing, so. <laughs> uh,
0: <but laughs> so, uh, you know. Alec thinks that psychic readings are the same thing as going to a psychologist
1: well yeah because both of them make you put your hands on a sphere right and then they like measure how long (laughs) your hair is when when the static goes through isn't that how
0: how how dispiriting would it be to pay 300 dollars an hour and go to a doctor they got a bunch of their you know diplomas on the wall Okay, so I have some bird bones in this cup, and I'm going to shake it up, and then I'm going to tell you why you hate your father. Okay, let's see.
1: That sounds great. I'd go to a doctor like that. Isn't that what they are? I don't go to doctors. I haven't even had a physical in 10 years. I don't know enough about that stuff to really diagnose anybody, but I do think that that played out, the differences in their cruelty played out so clearly in this match, where Zach Gibson didn't want to just hurt Pete Nunn. He wanted to really hurt Pete Dunn. And he wanted to hurt everybody in the building. Because he would yeah. like point at Pete Dunn and he'd be like, Look at this asshole. You're cheering for this guy? And well, it was like, wow, he's a real jerk. Pete Dunn doesn't care about me. That's why I love him. But you
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Pete Dunn is the bad boy on a motorcycle. Yeah. Pete like, Dunn
1: is the abusive relationship. I love partner you. He's guy. like,
0: huh? What are you talking about? I gotta go.
1: Yeah, No, it's like, I love you. Then it's like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah, what's that like? I've never felt love before.
0: The reason that Pete Dunne won, obviously most of it was Pete Dunne is amazing. Oh,
1: yeah, of course. Far and away the best wrestler in the universe of all time.
0: But also a big part of it was Zach Gibson was so wrapped up in rubbing the audience's nose in it that he never capitalized on anything. Yeah. He would put Pete Dunne down for good. Pete Dunne can't even get to, like, a crawling position. And then he would spend five minutes going, look, I could win right now, and I'm not going to. Fuck you guys. Yeah. And then Pete Dunne would finally stand up and hit him in the side of the head, and that would just make him angry because... No, 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 no. I was supposed to win. You were just supposed to let me gloat for 20 minutes. Yeah,
1: why didn't you let me do that, you jerk? He was he was great. I did like him a lot. I liked that he screwed himself because it made it look like the next time they fight. Oh, God, it's going to be really tough. And if he gets the belt, I won't be surprised because look at how easily he was able to utilize all his horrible cruelty to really just fuck up Pete Dunn's day with a smaller crowd maybe it won't affect him as much and maybe he'll actually f- focus on the
0: match. He's like finally super focused. Yeah. Kind of kind of like what happens with uh, Adam Cole where he spends the first half of a match fucking off and then finally somebody kicks him in the side of the head enough that he's like, "Oh, I actually have to take this seriously." Okay, now it's just like breaker, Shining after Wizards. Breaker, yeah. Shining
1: Wizard and I win. <laughs> yeah. No, Let's I Let's see how
0: many Ushiguroshis I can do in a row before the back of your head is just paste on my knee.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty cool like that. And I think Pete Dunn kind of has that aspect to him as well. I don't know. We have to see what happens. Because he could come back next time, and Pete Dunn could just trounce him, and he could just be like, yeah, I learned a lot the last time we fought, and I learned you're yeah. an idiot. Like, who knows? But, like,
0: but like again, the difference is, is that Zach Gibson is unfocused, and Pete yeah. Dunn is, like, unenthusiastic. And it's different, but it's similar. Again, like, the whole story of this is these guys are almost the same person, but their differences make them completely unique.
1: These guys uh, on TakeOver were lucky that this was not part of the main show because this was an incredible fucking match. It was really good.
0: But then, the already low house lights go down even further, and we get the traditional... Intro video to takeover. Yeah,
1: then now and forever. We always get yeah, then now I, and I forever. Yeah, I love. I love
0: that. I love that they actually did that. I forgot <laughs> In if they live did event. that last year. Yeah, but it's yeah. like uh, this is WWE branded content, and it's like, yeah, I, 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 I know. We know.
1: I bought the ticket. I paid all this money. Come on. <laughs>
0: it's a little stupid that they do it on the WWE network, but that's still kind of understandable because it's like. Oh, yeah, you got to show, like, the copyright notice or whatever. of course. Well, it's not like I can bootleg this experience. Right. (laughs) Like, what the fuck?
1: I didn't watch any of the video spots. Because another complaint I have is the house speakers were not really calibrated to get us clear audio. So, whatever. I didn't care.
0: It's all, like, mid-tone. There's no (laughs) bass or treble. Yeah, so I didn't hear, like, like, shit.
1: I couldn't hear words. I could hear a guy talking. I didn't know what he was saying.
0: Everybody kind of sounds like the teacher in Peanuts, where they're just like, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, great, cool. I guess, I mean, I see EC3's big fat head up there, so I assume he's the one talking right now, but yeah. who the fuck knows? And then they do what they always do, front load it with the tag matches. It's funny, because the main roster does this, and NXT does this. Very different reasons, which is, The main roster does it because everybody backstage is constantly leaking that Vince McMahon doesn't understand what a tag match is. He's like, why don't we just have a bunch of singles competitors? So they get the tag matches out early. Whereas on NXT, they're like, how are we going to get people invested in this show quickly? Let's do Mustache Mountain versus Undisputed Era right off the bat.
1: It's very different because it is one of the hype matches of the night. I've been seeing buzz on the internet. Ho ho ho, look at me. Uh, that there are a lot of people who thought this was match of the night even. Cause it was
0: incredible. You're usually gonna end up spending an entire episode of our podcast going, and then there was this other great match. Yeah. Oh, and then there was another good match. Yeah. Like it's it's one of the only reasons why I'm like Maybe we should stop talking about NXT and start talking about main roster again because then at least we had a balanced show. Well, because where- then
1: we could just trash on everything and then say, hey, it was it was kind of cool when, um, when Dolph Ziggler kicked that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's it.
0: <laughs> Rusev. Rusev day.
1: Oh, yeah, Rusev, Rusev day. Rusev yeah. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mustache, mountains, bromance, getting in the way of their search for the gold.
0: You say bromance a lot, and this is not a bromance.
1: They love each other.
0: Yes, but it's not that. It's 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 oh, mentor, yeah, that's right. mentee.
1: Even though they aren't really. Okay, right. Okay. So let's Trent get into. Trent
0: Seven is is his dad. He's, right. he's the father he okay. never had.
1: All right. So let's get into it that way. We'll get in on like Moro Renalo, and I'll give you the backstory, blah, blah, blah. They're Senpai Kohai-mance. All right?
0: Whatever.
1: So that's what it is. It, that's the manse that, that we have going on. It's not a bromance.
0: Also, I just hate the phrase bromance. I love
1: the phrase bromance. I think it's great because it's so stupid and it means everything and nothing at the same time.
0: Oh, how I- indicative of our modern society.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge critic of... I really hate like people using language and stuff. People who like oh, but it's common use to say it like this, so that's what it means now. And I'm like, no, it doesn't mean that. I'm going to use your stupid words like bromance, and I'm just going to use them for anything because it means nothing.
0: Umberto Eco wrote that uh, he named the name of the rose that because he loved that there were so many symbolic ties to the idea of roses and names that... The name of his book meant both everything and nothing at the same time, and you feel the same way about the word bromance.
1: Yes. (laughs) I'm a big (laughs) Borough Echo fan. I read Botolino as well, which was very similar with its handling of how people use this language. I'm smart, too. All right, guys? You're such a fucking heel, Tristan.
0: (laughs) I am not a heel.
1: This this is all about what I love, which is bromance. And so... (laughs) The bro is joking on something now. (laughs) I got him to choke. All right. There was this really cool story of how Mustache Mountain wants to get the titles back. They held it for like a little bit of time. Two weeks if you're on NXT time. Two days if you're on real life time. We got to fucking get these titles back. No matter what it takes. The only problem is, are they really willing to do it no matter what it takes? Trent Seven is getting his ass pulled apart and his leg is being destroyed this is kyle o'reilly has him
0: in a knee bar and has had him in it for like 10 minutes yeah
1: he keeps getting back in it every time he gets over to the corner they pull him back it's it's impossible to get away and his leg is so bad that he gets up to do like lariats and shit and he just can't even stand on it it's it looks great trent is not looking so great And so Tyler is like, oh, we got to throw in the towel, these stupid comedy towels that we carry around with us everywhere. I'm going to throw it in. Trent doesn't want him to do it. He's like, no, no, I could still fight. But he really can't.
0: The audience is mixed because it's Mustache Mountain versus Undisputed Era. So half of the audience is like, no, don't throw in the towel. You got to fight through it. And the other half are like, Yeah, there's no way you're going to win against Undisputed Era.
1: Yeah, Kyle O'Reilly is a submission artist. He's an MMA guy. Come on. You can't win. Kyle O'Reilly's already broken his leg three times. You just can't tell yet.
0: Kyle O'Reilly specifically goes for hairline fractures that you can't tell happened.
1: He likes to get the x-rays back and see if he can pick out exactly where he did it. He's getting really good at it.
0: Uh, Oh, no. This looks like it was probably a week ago. Yeah, that That wasn't me.
1: No. You probably just came down the stairs funny. It was great, and he really looked like he was in a lot of pain. He really looked like he really just couldn't do anything.
0: But also, he sells the towel being thrown in as a worse emotional pain than the physical pain that he was just in. He goes from screaming in agony to feel like he's about to cry. Oh, I don't see a lot of wrestlers miming, I'm about to cry
1: Right, it's it's very cool to see like guilt and shame and like disappointment factor in so heavily. You don't always see that big combination where he just feels bad, and you could tell he feels bad because he feels like he lost the match by his inability to get out of his leg. Uh, and, situation. and Tyler Bate
0: feels bad because yeah. he feels like he's let down his 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 mask.
1: And it makes you wonder, oh my god, are they going to split up because of this? Is this like something? And of course they're not. Oh, so we, have a, it- we
0: have a backstage interview where you can tell that they aren't because they're both talking about how disappointed they are in themselves rather than the other person. Yeah,
1: they're really golden boys and we can really love them because they're just so nice.
0: They really incorporate a lot of those like uh, couples counseling techniques Yeah, where they, they talk about how they feel rather than what somebody did when you threw in the towel. I felt like you didn't believe in me. Oh, that that's good. Okay, good. I'm glad that you aren't, you know, casting aspersions on him. You're yeah. you're talking about your own emotions.
1: I think they're like two Johnny Gargano's before the shattering mental break.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: So they they're pretty they're easy to
0: get behind even if you're rooting against them as I was during Takeover. Trent Seven he is kayfabe knee injured. So the next week we get a pretty fun uh, Roddy versus Tyler Bate match that I believe Tyler Bate won. Yeah,
1: he won. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he won.
0: But it was really competitive. And again, I like that they just sold the idea that, no, Trent Seven can't fucking walk right now. He He's like in bed to try to get back up to speed for this match that we saw yeah. at TakeOver.
1: And you could see he still had the effects. He had like the big giant pack on his knee. He had the, it was pretty cool. Uh, He didn't really limp around too much, but I think they did attack the leg a couple of times, which was good. Uh, And he was out of commission for large parts of the match, where they got to build Tyler up to be a fucking Superman Hulk monster through tremendous feats of strength. Which that's probably what won over Emily about him. Like it was just like he's this cute little like like lithe boy, and he like picks up two guys at once.
0: (laughs) Apparently, his his big gimmick right now on the indies is he also will start pulling down his tights to show you his package and then coyly quickly pull them back up and do the finger wave.
1: Yeah. He's a, he's a real cutie.
0: He really knows that there are some like thirsty ass audience members out there.
1: Yeah. I think he knows that he's, he's cute. He's cute. And he knows it. It's a dangerous combination. And, uh, he looked fan-fucking-tastic in this match.
0: Uh, Kylo Riley has him in the knee bar. Yes. And Trent Seven, and this is after all of his feats of strength. This is after he tried to do yet again the uh, giant swing with the other guy in fireman's carry, but Kylo Riley kicked out. So instead, he kept Roderick Strong in the fireman's carry, and when Kylo Reilly went for a knee. He scooped him up and did a double suplex. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Which was cool. fucking crazy. That
1: was that was really cool. While he's in the precarious position, you see Trent actually has to run over to get the towel from like an attendant. And he's gonna throw it in.
0: He's gonna throw it in. He's not gonna throw it in.
1: And yet again, the
0: entire audience is split down the middle.
1: I was saying throw in the (laughs) towel because I was like, nah, forget it. Undisputed's going to win. These are my boys. I'm wearing an Undisputed shirt right now. It looks like a tent on me, but I don't give a shit.
0: I was really, uh, I couldn't cheer in that moment because I was like, I don't know what I want.
1: I know what I want. I I like Tread 7 and Tyler Bate, but I don't want them winning. Get out of here. They're English. It doesn't even count. They're not even American. How could they win? patriotism yeah that's why i'm the face of the podcast i'm like a john cena over here waving my american flag saluting the troops
2: i walk out here every night with hustle loyalty respect on my sleeve that is a credo i have adopted for the men and women who defend the freedom of this country
1: pretending i was in the military or something and not saying anything, if you say to me, oh, you were in the military, I'll be like, oh, it's nice of you to think that
0: about me. Tyler Bate and Trent Seven have been compromised to a permanent end in Pakistan. There you go. You remember when he did that?
1: No. When John Cena said that?
0: John Cena was the guy that told the world that Osama bin Laden was dead. <laughs> He came out, he didn't have a match. He came out on Raw and was like, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to announce. We have caught and compromised to a permanent end, Osama Bin Laden. And everybody started cheering. But I feel damn proud to be an American.
1: Yeah, that's a face, that's face behavior. Let's cheer for some guy getting killed. Even though, yeah, no, I know. That was a controversial statement to make. Yes, he was a huge villain. He's burning in hell forever now, whatever. But
0: that video is going to be a part of like our version of like, Hitler documentaries when they show the Nuremberg rallies. Yeah. Look at how crazy they were. That
1: That we got revenge, finally.
0: This big muscle-bound goon walked out into a fucking wrestling ring and then, like, stirred up their, you know, xenophobic fervor. Yeah.
1: I'm not saying Osama bin Laden should be, like, living in paradise right now, alive. I'm not saying that, guys. It is a little weird to cheer for a guy getting, I don't know, whatever.
0: Living in paradise, a.k.a. a weird compound on the outskirts of a city and, like, getting dialysis and still watching Netflix from DVDs they send you.
1: Yeah, you know what? That's that's probably his version of paradise anyway, so whatever. It's fine. He, he was living great high on the hog. <laughs> Fuck him. I'm not saying uh, this is weird. Let's not talk about politics on a wrestling podcast, guy. There's too much of this shit. I just think it's weird to cheer for killing a guy. That's all.
0: They had to, like, obviously uh, get his computer and, like, see all the information that they had on it. Right. Oh, yeah, of course. 90% of his computer was uh, saved pornography. Of course,
1: because he's a fucking asshole. (laughs) He's a big (laughs) religious nut, and all he does is fucking beat it. Naturally. (laughs)
0: Like, literally, all he was doing was getting dialysis, masturbating, and watching DVDs.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Again, not that we shouldn't have found a way to bring him to justice, but that guy, maybe the justice isn't, like, 12 people kicking in his door and shooting him in the eye. Maybe it's, like, okay, we're gonna, like, actually bring you to The Hague, because... Yeah, we can't just we can't just let you watch fucking, uh, you know, when Harry met Sally for the rest of your life. Our different moral standards where I'm like, maybe you don't need to kill the guy and you're like, no, no, no. Maybe you do need to kill the guy. I'm just not going to be happy about it. I
1: mean, yeah, I just. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It's yes. Fine.
0: OK, so this was a good tag match.
1: It was a great tag match. He didn't throw in the towel.
0: That was the point. <laughs> that, was, that was where we were
1: getting, with all this stupid Osama bin Laden shit, which, please God, cut that.
0: Oh, absolutely not. But it's like, they're
1: going to turn it off, it's so boring. Okay, fine. Cut it.
0: And, cut.
1: He didn't throw in the towel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to throw it in, I'm going to throw it in, I'm going to throw it in. And then he looks to the audience, yells, No! And throws the towel into the audience. Now he can't throw in the towel, right, Alex. because
1: they're going to keep that shit and sell it on eBay. He, uh, One of he, three oh, things that and- were trying to go into the crowd today, only two things made it into the crowd. Pete Dunne's mouth guard did not. Uh, yeah. This did. Something else did later, and it was probably a big problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, it probably was a very big problem. <laughs> A lot of sharp metal yeah, on that one. Yeah, line.
1: I don't know why they would thought it was a good idea to just kick that. Um, I think it was a cool spot, but maybe do that in the middle of the ring.
0: The reason that he was flirting with throwing in the towel is he had already run in to break up, like, three of these knee bars, yeah. and the ref was finally it telling He wasn't him,
1: allowed. He got in, and the ref got in his face and said, you have to get out now.
0: If you, if you do this again, I'm disqualifying you. So instead... He throws the towel into the audience and then turns to Tyler Bate and just starts yelling, like, Please, Tyler, come on! Come on! And Tyler, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, finds the strength inside of himself to pull himself from one corner to the other. It was a really, like, kind of heartwarming little moment. All that
1: he needed was was faith.
0: And this this is the point where... Every single false finish started working on me. You get that spot, and then Trent Seven comes in and demolishes and goes for the pin, and you're like, and then he wins, right? Yeah. No. And then Undisputed Era cheat again, and they go for the pin, and you're like, oh, they're going for the downer ending, and then they win, right? Nope. We're like halfway through this match.
1: I was running through all these scenarios in my head. Like, I was like, oh, Undisputed Era is going to fuck up a finish again. Like, Roddy's going to be in the wrong spot or something. Because that was something that they did with these guys before. And I always wondered, because it's like when Roddy came in, it's like, hmm, interesting. Like, I know he's taking the place of Fish because Fish is injured. But they're, they're, they're always teasing like this whole, like, they have great chemistry, but they don't necessarily work the best together in the ring. And I was wondering if that was going to factor in. It did not. They just, a tons of like really close stuff. I don't usually like false finishes at all, but I was like you, I was just like, okay, well it's the end. Because after that big emotional catharsis part, you're just like waiting for the end because it's going to happen now.
0: But it turns out that the story isn't can Mustache Mountain overcome these hurdles and find it within themselves to win. It's, can Undisputed Era stop relying on cheating and actually get a clean in the middle of the ring win, which is what they finally do. Wait, so they've been cheating this entire time, but now they did just good wrestling and they won? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's kind of their story, isn't it? That's always their story. Yeah, they just always want to cheat,
1: but they don't need to, and it's usually them cheating that fucks them up.
0: They're the kid that could get all A's if they studied really hard or could get all bees if they just cheat yeah and they're like I'll just get the bees baby that's right I'll get high after school this is gonna be great
1: yeah I definitely see that in them and I think it's really cool I think it's part of the reason why people love him so much and I think the other part is just Kyle Riley <laughs> he's just amazing
0: and uh, he started he started doing that uh that chimpanzee walk
1: yeah he's pretty he's pretty cool. <laughs> he's just a cool yeah. nerd. Yeah,
0: that that's a cool guy. Yeah,
1: I don't know. For some reason, he makes it work. People think he's cool. Trent and Tyler go back defeated. They're upset, but you know they're they're still friends. They still love each other, uh, which is good. Uh, and then Future of the Tag Belts just came out from under the ring. Apparently, uh, War Raiders had decided that they were just going to lay down under the ring and take a nap for, like, two hours because I never saw them go in there, and I'm assuming they went in before the Bianca Belair match, which was, yeah. at that point, it was, it was almost a full hour ago. They came out from under the ring. They smashed the fuck out oh. of Undisputed Era. Emily was super into it. She was like, wow, these guys are awesome.
0: I do love my... My my big burly boys. Yeah. But I gotta say, um This is exactly what happened with the tag belts last Brooklyn with Undisputed Era. I guess maybe there's a little bit of like thematic Yeah interestingness there. I don't know. I've kind of seen the well, new guys show it, up and demolish the, the winners. Yeah, but it was kinda a bit too often. It
1: was kinda interesting because last year it was a surprise. That was the first appearance of the Undisputed Era, period. Like, they, we had never even seen them. We didn't know they were signed or anything.
0: We didn't know that they were the Undisputed Era. Yeah, they were. we
1: thought they were just redragging again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was just going to be like, like, when I thought, I thought that, I'm probably sure you could go back a year ago and listen to this podcast and you could hear me saying, oh, it's going to be great. Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly are going to have a great feud. Because that's when I saw them. I remember the only Ring of Honor shit that I ever really watched was, like, Adam Cole hating Kyle O'Reilly's guts and they fought all the time.
0: We weren't doing this last year. We
1: weren't? Well, I've been talking to you about wrestling for way longer, so I just assumed our, our like, weekly hanging out and talking about wrestling or monthly or Oh, whatever. yeah,
0: we've, we've been recording those conversations for, like, the past two years. Yeah. But that's only because I'm a weird Richard Nixon-like figure. Yeah.
1: Well, I get the tapes so I can listen to them because I love hearing the sound of my own voice.
0: I actually have the big tape deck under... Under my my desk.
1: Yeah, it's fun. It's fun when you go to Tristan's house. He's really nice. He's a great host. But you do have to sit really still so that the mic that he places right in front of your face picks up everything you say.
0: The missing eight minutes of our wrestling podcast. What was said?
1: I'll never tell. Yeah, uh, probably something about Osama bin Laden or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, that's staying in. Jesus
1: Christ, do not... Put that, that was so long. I'm staring at the time bar while we're doing it. I'm like, this is going to kill. If anybody's listening to this after, I'm so surprised. No, I'm done. I'm done talking about Osama Bin Laden. I'm done talking about him. We're finished talking about him. This is a fucking wrestling podcast.
0: <laughs> this whole episode is going to be about Osama Bin Laden. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well,
1: when the War Raiders came out, they beat them up. It's definitely apparent that they're gonna win. I mean, come on. The only way this is they're not gonna win the tag belts is if Undisputed Era is able to politic their way out of matches with them for like three months, which I might be pretty cool to see as well.
0: No, no, no. We're gonna give uh, we're gonna give Street Profits a shot.
1: Or it's like, come on,
0: they, they've been around long. You than know, you
1: have. Roddy has to go home. And Bobby is injured still, so no one can fight you. Sorry. We're a tag match. I mean, I can't just fight you alone. That wouldn't be fair to you. You want to win the tag belts. Not one tag belt, right? Like, come on.
0: And all of a sudden, the tag champions are half of the war raiders. I love that idea.
1: I think that would be so cool if it was just like Kyle O'Reilly alone in there with against the two War Raiders and then he loses and then they go to get the belts and it's like there's only one belt it's like why? And then, Kyler, and then Roderick Slorn comes out with a mic he's like you didn't get my belt and then they have to defend it's like Roe and, and O'Reilly and they have to defend the belt
0: I'm really excited to see the War Raiders have some matches I also think it just fell flat because the previous match was so good that them coming out and kicking Undisputed Era's ass I was like Okay, yeah, this is this is back to normal wrestling shit, and I've just been on, like, a high of really great storytelling. Speaking of great storytelling, I believe after that, the Master showed up, right?
1: We're talking about Velveteen Dream, and it was a great entrance by Velveteen Dream, who we did get oh. to read what it said on his ass there. I, we, we saw it at the end on the screen, but, like, it took a while.
0: Both of us turned to our girlfriends and were like, we're going to watch this match again later because he has stuff written on his pants.
1: His look was great.
0: Look was great. Look was classic Notorious B.I.G. Down to, I didn't notice this because we were too far away. His vest, it was a kooky vest, baby.
1: He saw the Brooklyn and he said, Brooklyn time
0: came out with the with the crown on yeah. the koogie koogie vest and yet again obviously always airbrushed tights they say dream over across the crotch they say notorious d-r-e-a-m down one of the legs on the butt
1: call me up vince
0: call me up vince uh, uh... like obviously <laughs> we don't want him to be called up
1: yeah I'm afraid I, he's going to a bit out for years.
0: I would really like if that was a part of his gimmick coming up. The storyline was him been having these amazing matches. I've got to start having even bigger matches. Yeah. So that I can finally get called up out of this fucking cesspool that is NXT. Yeah, if he, I deserve to go to the big time. If he walks
1: around and he's like, I'm bigger than you. I'm bigger than NXT. I think that's a way to get heat back because everybody loves him.
0: Um, People were booing him when EC3 came out to confront him. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the match is between him and EC3.
1: Right. EC3, fantastic, great guy, uh, good wrestler, somehow an amazing face. We've talked about that before. It's a tough match when you think about the matchup because I like EC3. I like his new, like, magnanimous jerk character. I love that. I think he did a great job. And I want to see him move forward and look strong. I want him to say victory after victory after victory, and it seems like that's true instead of just something that he's just saying because he definitely isn't winning a lot. Um, but he hasn't been winning a lot, and so I kind of wanted him to win this. And then at the same time, I can never root against Velveteen Dream because he's amazing. And I said he needs this win. He he keeps losing, and then he beats who? Cassius Ono. He's got to win. So it was a very weird match because they, you know,
0: but at but at the very they both least, had to win, in my opinion. The takeover audience was more in line with us right. than the full sale. Oh audience. yeah,
1: I think Brooklyn is behind the dream way more.
0: Full sale audience was really rooting for EC3 when they were confronting each other over the past couple of weeks, and I was so surprised. I texted you, and I was like, how fucking dare you?" You were
1: outraged, but I think I can see why they did it, I think it was actually because it was very clever booking of promos and stuff. They did the weird, like, soft core, soft-focus gay porno thing at the pool.
0: It's the last time we talked...
1: It was EC3 fighting, 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 fight, 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 fighting Kona Reeves.
0: We got... I think two of those matches, and in the second one, Velveteen Dream, what's going to happen at TakeOver? I keep having these amazing matches. Who's my next match going to be? He walks out in the middle of their match and goes, EC3, I'm going to fight you at TakeOver. And EC3 totally sells Kona Reeves as the annoying guy by just fucking dropping him, and in the middle of the ring starts talking back to Velveteen Dream. Yeah,
1: I thought that was great.
0: Oh, this, this feud is over. Yeah, Fuck he's this just guy. like this.
1: I'm done squishing this bug. Uh, I'm looking at you now.
0: When they do that to somebody that you think that they should be truly building, it's annoying. But the nice thing is part of this guy's character is he thinks he's amazing and he clearly isn't. Yeah. So having EC3 do that isn't selling him as a wrestler, but it is selling his character. Why wouldn't I be paying attention to Velveteen Dream now?
1: I love that. I thought it was really good. And I think it's going to do really good things for Kona too, because he's going to go completely batshit crazy from this and get super angry and turn into a fucking obnoxious weirdo even more.
0: The more we can damage Kona Reeve's ego, the better his character is going
1: to be. Let's see how many jackets he comes out wearing next time. (laughs) <laughs> maybe a hat. Maybe two hats. It's also apparently all based on a house show that nobody saw in Royal Albert Hall, except everybody saw it because it was big. But I didn't see it because it was a house show, and I'm above that.
0: It wasn't a house show. It was uh, the NXT UK Championship that happened. Oh, I didn't
1: United watch United that States. either. I'm above that. America. USA, oh, oh, USA. Okay. John Cena, Osama Bin Laden, et cetera, et cetera. Great. Cool.
0: During this match, Velveteen Dream compromised to a permanent end, EC3. <laughs> and now he's pissed off.
1: Yeah. He says, "Uh, you know, somebody can't get Royal Albert Hall out of their mind. And it's like, really? I think he's just killing Connery's right now. But sure, I guess. <laughs> and so that was pretty fun. And then I like that they did this weird, like, softcore gay porno video in the back of a pool at, a, like, a hotel pool. It's supposed to be his house. It wasn't.
0: Uh, it's supposed to be his compound, which they also call his experience, which I love. I love that he calls his mansion his experience. like, come to my experience. Now, if
1: it really is his experience, that's great and all. But normally, you don't put, like, foot markers on the side of your pool if it's your private <laughs> pool. That's pretty much a dead giveaway that this is just some hotel, right? Like,
0: I really love what they do with the Velveteen Dream. I mean, we've talked a lot before where... These big characters have their own production style. This bit starts out in the traditional, like, backstage, hand camera style. But then when EC3 gets out of the car at the experience, it's in the Vaseline on camera. Everything is, like, very steady. Uh, velveteen dream style and i was like oh that's perfect that's so great like he has literally driven from one production style to another yeah it,
1: it's pretty good they did a really good job on the package and um they did a really good job of making dream look like a dum-dum and i think that making dream look like a dum-dum and making well PC3 they, they look start like... off
0: making them both look like a dum-dum because they're both standing next to the pool and dreams like look at my amazing pool and EC3 first he bends over like he's tying his shoes he bends fully over to get within like three inches of the pool to look at it and then stands back up and was like hey what are you doing because dream rushes him for a second Velveteen Dream's like I just wanted you to see my pool oh I thought you were gonna push me into the pool I would never do that to a guest. Yeah. Like, it's so it's weird. weird. It's very weird.
1: They get really close. There's a lot of, like, really steady shots of the two of them in the same frame where their faces are really close together.
0: But I think that that's also what makes it feel kind of like a softcore porno. Yes.
1: that is definitely what makes it seem like a softcore porno.
0: It's that level of subtext that a lot of porns have where there is no subtext, but they're trying to have subtext. Oh, do you have something for me in that box? And you're like, yeah, it's the guy's dick. He's going to take his dick out. We all know what's going to happen, but instead they have to play coy a little bit. Somebody's going in the fucking pool. Tell me who's going in the pool. We're never (laughs) going to tell.
1: It's Velveteen Dream that goes in the pool. He tries to attack EC3 when EC3 goes to pick up Velveteen Dream's sunglasses for him, because they they coordinated taking their sunglasses off at the same time, which I thought was great, The Dream drops it. He goes after him, EC3 gets him up on his shoulders, woo, flips him into the pool, and then makes fun of him for pretending to drown in his own pool when he says, it's three feet deep. I think it contributes to why people were booing him, because EC3 comes out like a triumphant cool hero. Dream comes out, and he's already kind of dum dumbed it up, he ended up in the pool. Everybody only remembers. Listen, history is written by the winners. History is written <laughs> by the dry people, okay? You know, and even though EC3 is normally covered in baby oil, he was relatively dry during this segment. So there you go.
0: We also got a really cool package where they show the Velveteen Dreams world and he starts talking. And then EC3 materializes and swipes through his production world. Yeah. EC3 also has production powers, Alex. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, it's not surprising. I think EC3 came out looking really cool in this match.
0: EC3 looks great in this match. Velveteen Dream finally gets a win. Velveteen Dream also... I love his simple moveset yeah. because it means that you can do it anywhere and you can actually heighten it. So, like, he did the fucking Death Valley Driver and then Purple Rainmaker... On the apron, yeah. which was just, like, insane it looking. It looked great.
1: EC3 got uh opened up on his face somewhere, I think. But he got cleaned up so fast that you couldn't really see where it was.
0: This was perfect. The best NXT matches, it kind of doesn't matter who wins or loses. Well, it does matter, but it doesn't matter in the larger ecosystem because the guy who needed the win won, and the guy who didn't need the win got in a ton of offense and looked like a killer and also has magical production powers now and is like, yeah, he's still EC3. We're still going to cheer him, especially if he goes back to killing Kona Reeves. Yeah.
1: I just, I don't know. And I don't think it's a bad match. I think it was a very good match. But on the card, I think it was the lowest match. I felt it was very strange. They're both trying to work a slower style, which I think is correct. And I think you can do that. And I think both of them are very good at that. EC3 can do traditional wrestling like crazy because he's got a really good handle on it. And Velveteen Dream is homegrown at the Performance Center. So he knows exactly how to put on a slow, uh, good, you know, high quality, like everything means something match. Every time you hit somebody, it means something.
0: He has that like late 80s kind of style where his in ring style is very. Plain but flexible, and most of it is about his fucking character. I think
1: when he does, like, a jumping double axe, axe handle from, like, the second rope, he just looks like he's straight out of, like, 1989 or something. It, it
0: he, he basically is our version of Ric Flair, where it's like he does the jumping axe handle, and, you know, he doesn't need to do any flips because the second he gets on mic, he's cutting amazing. Promo.
1: I think that if you're going to do that slow style, that's cool. But I think you need to have the offense more evenly distributed in the beginning. And I think it wasn't. I think also the fact that we didn't get to watch in close detail about three quarters of the match kind of negatively impacted it. The crowd interaction was pretty much all about the screen going down, which was a little bit upsetting. And so there were a lot of things going against it, honestly. I think Dream probably should have been given a little more shine in the front end of the match because it did seem a little weird that he just turned it around, won after two moves. I almost couldn't tell you, aside from the jumping axe handle, which I, you know, was just talking about, I can't think of any other offense he even got in. I could just think of the jumping axe handle, the Death lie Driver, the Purple Rainmaker, and I really can't think of him doing anything else, and he won.
0: That's not true. He did a, what, a DDT on the ramp. Maybe we just missed some of the selling, some of the psychology of it because we were so far away. But looking back at it, I saw a lot of selling of the neck from EC3, which I really liked. But again, you can't really see a lot of that small stuff from way up high, so it probably just looked like EC3 was demolishing Velveteen Dream. When in actuality, EC3 was selling like, ah, my neck's all fucked up. Would have really helped to have that screen on.
1: Yeah. Well, I could see that. I guess I, I respect that. I don't know. It was just very weird. It was weird to have the two like super over guys. that Both of them are kind of tweeners right now fighting and not really have that character show up. I don't know. Between the two, I guess I guess Dream was a little more heelish, but it, it still just seemed weird. I don't know. I don't know. And Dream won. And he took a long time going up the ramp, and he got to bask in it because everybody was happy he did win. Now let's talk about the next match, which was pretty crazy. I think probably my pick for match of the night, it was Ricochet versus Adam Cole, baby. You didn't do the baby, Tristan. Ricochet... One over Emily instantly with his like superhero entrance he looked awesome and uh Adam Cole Adam Cole could probably just go out in the crowd pick up an old woman bring her into the ring and slit her throat in front of everybody and they'd still love him so he was he was the most over guy of the night period I think the amount of times we heard Adam Cole baby out on the street just walking around
0: it's nice that Adam Cole is as over as he is He's a great wrestler. Audience members need to stop trying to get themselves over by randomly yelling out "Adam Cole" and then pausing for three minutes, waiting for somebody to yell "Bebe" back.
1: Yeah, I don't do that. I don't. I don't even respond with a "Bebe." I refuse not Adam to. Cole.
0: The whole point is that we're supposed to be following his lead. When when he when he gets down in the squat and does his little Butt tushy wheel. shake like a dog looking to poop. That's when yeah. you know we're about to have some fun. When you're just some dude. Who the hell are you? Who the hell do you think you are? In the words of the Velveteen Dream, you're just some guy. Yeah. You're just some guy. I would
1: never initiate. You're not Adam Cole.
0: I don't I don't fall for that. I don't understand why people really
1: fall for that. I get you're trying to like support Adam Cole, but you're not really trying to support Adam Cole. You want to support Adam Cole? You cheer for him when he's in that ring. You, you say you say boom? Yeah, well, we do the boom because the boom is fun. Yeah, the boom is fine because that's happening during the match. Yeah, sure. If I'm just in the middle of the street and I point at my head and I go, boom, the people aren't going to get that.
0: Calling for the Adam Cole baby feels like taking the Lord's name in vain. You're just doing this for your own petty earthly desires. You're doing that. it because you actually love Adam Cole. You and I, Alec, we love Adam Cole. But when we're at a wrestling match, it's not about us. It's about Adam Cole.
1: That's right. I mean, you got to sublimate the self. It's pretty much my whole bag. (laughs) No, uh, it's about the wrestlers. It's not about me. That's why I have a podcast, Tristan. This is about me. Okay, this is where I am in charge, and I'm the best. So, you know, I don't know. It was a great match. Um, That alone shows because even though Adam Cole, spoilers, lost... Boo. he is not in any way shape or form damaged by that uh everybody still loved him we were walking around on the street you couldn't get away from the fucking item called baby chance it's just everybody loves this guy He's but again I
0: I, I I i worry that that is more people going i want to seem cool we argue about who's the smart and we always try to make the other person seem like the smart it's I mean, cooler to be the mark I'm over who's the smark. I'm onto who's the heel. So okay. you know,
1: that's that's my new thing. I mean, you're obviously the heel, so it's it's a little it's not gonna last that long because it's obviously you who's the heel.
0: You're past the smark mark dichotomy. The people who do the Adam Cole baby chant out on the street, I want everybody to know that I'm a smark. Yeah. That that's like my big dream in life.
1: It's like, hey, we all know this is fake, and I really know this is fake but i'm still throwing hundreds of dollars at it cuz i'm an idiot.
0: No, that's you see that's not what you want. Hey everybody, i read the internet. Yeah. Do you, you have it- do you even have the internet because i'm a pretty cool guy, i have the internet? Yeah, i'm on the internet sometimes.
1: I don't know, whatever. But i want to get away from that shit. Talk about the cool stuff, which was the match. Because while Adam Cole is the most over motherfucker at the show, there is a rising tide, which is Ricochet is a fucking famous asshole. He's amazing. He's incredible. Well, well-talented, probably had performance of the night in my mind. A
0: rising a rising Ricochet
1: lifts all boats. I would say so. I would say so, because I think his promo ability is actually also pretty good, too. So he comes
0: I- out in his uh, superhero angel wings again. Yeah. Um, He looks fucking amazing. When last we saw... Adam Cole was doing the smart thing, which was ignoring Ricochet. Yeah. Adam Cole
1: knows what it's like to work in a professional environment. And he realizes that, you know, if you want to keep your title, you need to, you know, fight people you can beat. Yeah. And fight, you know, infrequently and win. And so that's what he's been doing. Ricochet calls him out on that, and everybody is with Ricochet. In calling Adam Cole a coward.
0: Really, he should have called Adam Cole, like, a self-important middle manager. Because he had just been like, I'm giving this young guy a shot. And then when Ricochet challenges him, his response is functionally the wrestling equivalent of, excuse me, have you seen the sign-up sheet in the hall outside of the employee lounge? You put your name on that sheet. And then you get a challenge. Okay? I don't like we have we have rules here, Ricochet. Yeah.
1: I'm not the booker.
0: Have um, you been seeing the employee memos I've been emailing everybody every week? I don't think you have, because I requested that you respond when you had read it, and I never seem to get a response from you, Ricochet. Yeah, he's he's definitely uh he's definitely a weenie and a cool <laughs> weenie. The,
1: Cause everybody loves him. I mean, it's possible. You didn't know before you watched wrestling. Is it possible to be a cool weenie? Yes. Adam Cole baby.
0: Kyle O'Reilly.
1: Yeah. Oh, Kyle O'Reilly's a totally different kind of weenie, but yeah, absolutely cool. Very weenie.
0: very cool weenie.
1: Really cool weenie. So yeah, you could totally be a cool weenie. It's uh it's fucking uh, it's fucking wrestling, dude. Adam Cole told Ricochet, "He hides behind no one." as he stood over his beaten up body surrounded by friends who beat him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like, hide I don't hide
0: behind anyone. I don't says, hide well, behind, behind the belt. Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't hide behind this. That's in between us. A really
0: good job
1: as far as getting people to boom
0: as a heel. Adam Cole is the Irony Wrestler.
1: <laughs> yeah. Everything about him
0: is built on him doing one thing. And while he's doing it, talking about how he's not doing that thing.
1: It's only fitting that in the cradle of irony as cool thing, Brooklyn, he is cheer. Ricochet, though, does put on a great match here. I'd say Adam Cole and Ricochet together. The story of the match I thought was really cool uh, because it was Adam Cole is a coward, but he's also a super genius. He can see everything coming. He knows Ricochet's moves and he gets out of the way. He...
0: Kicks Ricochet out of stuff. All of Ricochet's moves are so flamboyant that it yeah. like gives Adam Cole a minute and a half in air to react to shit. Great moments where he kicks him in the back of the head in the middle of a flip.
1: My pick for spot of the night.
0: Does a like backbreaker out of a flip off the ropes. My second great. pick for spot of the night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh for re- it was a really spot heavy match. It was really flippy and I was really surprised how much I loved it because I thought that it really did tell a story ricochet powers through everything ricochet has the will to be the champion ricochet gets kicked in the back of the head drops like a fucking dead corpse mid out of like he gets he's midway through a moonsault gets kicked in the head and literally just looks like a dead body in a video game just falling on the
0: Adam Cole court. DDTs him also yeah. right out of that. Or maybe like
1: I think it was an Ushigaroshi right after that. And he gets all this shit really, really well acted. He's really looks like he's fucked up. There's a point which I think was really cool where he's about to get shining wizarded in the back of the head, and he's sitting up, he's just dazed, and he's like looking around, he, he doesn't know what's going on. He's reaching out to like try and feel his way around. And he sees that there's no Adam Cole anywhere, so he just knows that Adam Cole's behind him, and he ducks down and and narrowly misses getting, uh, wizarded in the back of the head.
0: Wizard shined.
1: Yeah, wizard shined. His wizard is unpolished after this. Ricochet really wrestles with like a ton of heart, and they were he was able to communicate that without making me get all sarcastic, like, oh, yeah, now he's just going to do a fucking flip. And I think part of that was just because so little of his flips actually worked. So it seemed like such poor offense until it did work, and then it was like, oh, my God.
0: I can see some of that. I yeah. will say I wished that sometimes he hadn't gone into offense as quickly as he had. Yeah. He gets kicked in the back of the head mid-flip, and then ushiguro and then kicks out of the pin and almost immediately goes for his own move. Now, between all of those, he's selling really well. But like that usually is the finishing combination of a match. Like the yeah. finishing sequence. Maybe you want to lay on the mat for like a minute, just a yeah. minute. I don't know. I could
1: see it. I, I just feel like that that's the kind of thing I would normally criticize too, but I just I felt it as I saw it as like the willpower stuff.
0: Yeah, you 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 really got sold on Ricochet here.
1: I did. And I was really surprised because normally he's not really actually I've been really wanting to go his way since he showed up just because I was so impressed by the fact that he's this little flippy guy. He delivers good cocky promos that maintain that he's like certainly a baby face. He's one of those guys that I think right now we need more of that bridges the gap because he's cocky baby face. So he's not like a heel that we're going to love, but he's also like, I'm not just a dumb dumb. That's going to be a moron. It's usually baby face just boils down to who's dumber, <laughs> but like it doesn't have to.
0: Some of those issues that I have were saved by the mixture of the Guys, two styles.
1: Yeah. Like you could tell they got together and really worked it out.
0: If he had just been flipping the entire time, him also not responding to offense would have been annoying. Yeah. But because Adam Cole got in as much of his offense as he did, maybe there's some weird transitions every once in a while. Most of the sequences actually told that story well. The ongoing story of. Adam Cole technically making every right decision, but because he works in wrestling, he looks like a weenie the entire time.
1: And Ricochet is like a superhero through and through. He says, I'll take any punishment and get the belt, and that's why I deserve it, and you don't.
0: Yeah, and Adam Cole is like, no, you don't deserve the belt because you're not going to be as responsible as I am. What are you going to do when the health department shows up with this belt around your waist? Huh?
1: Yeah. How are you going to keep this belt for a year like I plan to do? I think you could see the two conflicting ideas coming across. And I think no moment really better exemplified that than when he was going for the senton on Adam Cole. Adam Cole just rolled clear to the other end of the ring, sat in the ropes, and shook his head and said, no. So it happened early enough that I thought that really just got people. It got everybody on board instantly so that they knew, oh, he's the smart guy. He's the guy that wants it more. Who's going to win?
0: The way that Adam Cole got the belt in the past was by being the guy who just wanted it more.
1: Yeah, he kept going up that ladder no matter
0: what. And now that he's had it for a while, he's like, no, I just want to keep it now. So I don't really have this fire inside me so much as I just have my amazing wrestling ability. And Ricochet is like, well, I have the fire, so get the fuck out of my way.
1: So now you got to wonder what's going to happen Next, he lost the belt. O'Reilly and 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 Strong are gonna lose the belts. I mean, they're not. Nobody's gonna keep those belts off of War Raiders. That's impossible. But so. what's gonna
0: happen in the interim when they still have the belts? Fish still has his bowling trophy.
1: Oh, he'll never lose that. That's the one nice thing when you buy your own trophy; they can't take it from you. So,
0: but Adam Cole is now the only one without gold in the undisputed era having taken a massive loss in I'd the like middle to of see the ring
1: buy a uh, soccer trophy guy, a little soccer <laughs> ball guy. I think that would be a lot of fun. So then or he can like hold something to too. To baseball? Yeah, the baseball one. Bowling trophy might be good. It would actually be great if he was just like, "Hey guys, I know I don't have the belt anymore. He's hanging out in the lighting rig. I know I don't have the belt anymore, but I still have this. This is my bowling league trophy, so I'm still gonna carry this around. And it's just a legit bowling league trophy. And then there's a storyline where somebody wants him to put it on the line. And then they have a worked yeah, game they have of a bowling. Yeah, bowling ring. Yeah, bowling match. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly and uh, and Roderick Strong are behind in the lanes, holding
0: the pins up. The ref's back is turned, and they run down the lane and yeah, kick, over, kick a over a bunch of
1: pins. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it. Yeah, let
1: me let me book these matches. I want to go bowling ball on a pole match.
0: Speaking of a dominant champion who maybe doesn't have the fire in her belly anymore versus a incredibly fired up tiny Dynamo, we have our next match. Yeah, it's Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane. This was a very difficult match for me. I was, and still am, a huge Kyrie Sane fan. I love that she is this tiny woman who screams like a banshee and does these moves that usually are seen as moves for like bigger people, like the Interceptor Spear, and the elbow drop. It actually makes sense that she does them as a small person because the point is, hitting somebody with her elbow wouldn't be enough. She actually needs the elbow drop to be an effective strike because she's so tiny. But she's also got this inner, like, just craziness that drives her to keep hitting somebody and keep attacking. Yeah. I've always really liked her. And in the last Mae Young classic, I was rooting for her all the way, and I was booing the shit out of Shayna Baszler, because she was a fuckhead.
1: Yeah, she's a meanie.
0: And I was doing that same thing for Shayna Baszler until about a month ago, maybe two months ago. Right. When I went from respecting her as an in-ring performer, but booing her, to just, I just like her now.
1: You saw a picture of her dog.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then this match happened. The build has been great. They did the thing that both people needed the most, which was Kyrie saying the thing that everybody thinks about her is Pirate Princess Goofy Entrance. So let's just give her a bunch of matches where she's just wrenching people's knees out of their socket.
1: Yeah, that was really great. Her new move, her new submission move is
0: killer. The anchor. Yeah. Which is stupid because she already has a finishing move called the drop anchor. Correct. So I don't know why they would give her two moves like that. Yeah. Whatever.
1: I think they should call this one of the insane ankles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they were giving her a bunch of matches that just made her look really fucking brutal. She was running out sometimes to stop Shayna Baszler from beating somebody else up, but she yeah. wasn't in her pirate shit. She was just in a leather jacket with her hair pulled back. Yeah. Which kind of also made her look like Shayna Baszler a little bit, which I kind of liked because I was like, Oh yeah, that like except for the stupid gimmick, they basically are the same person, which is
1: Yeah, they're brutal.
0: Nothing you can do will stop me from absolutely dismembering you.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're they're brutal. Brutal guys. Brutal. They'll kill you.
0: Um, meanwhile, what do we think about Shayna Baser? Well, she's this brutal submission artist, right? Brutal. Um. So instead, we're just going to have her be catty on commentary and then catch glimpses of her trying to coach the squash matches uh, victims of Kyrie Saiyan on how yeah, to injure her. That was fun. We get a little shot of her talking to Aaliyah. They don't have the mic, so you don't know what she's saying, but she's clearly, like, wrenching her own wrist and elbow.
1: She's like, you got to get her in a lock like this, and you just got to fuck her up. It's like, oh, okay. And Aaliyah, who doesn't have a famous friend to ride her coattails, is, is <laughs> she's, she's sucking it all in. She loves it for some reason. I, I don't know. I'm surprised Shayna Baszler didn't just pull off a puncher right in the nose and say, oh, whose famous fist did I hit you with?
0: Well, no, because now she's useful to Shayna Baszler. I love that—that yeah. that Shayna Baszler is just like a classic bully. She will be mean to you until she thinks that you're at all useful to her, and then, hey, Aaliyah, we're gonna be friends now. Nobody's been actually teaching you how to wrestle. Let me let me teach you a couple of things. You yeah. do this. This is how you do a a, a sleeper hold. So uh, go out there and and. You don't even need to try to win. Just try to hurt her. Okay, Just can you do that break for me? Just her arm. Like, if you yeah, can yeah. break her arm. The thing that Shayna Baszler's been saying is, you keep saying that you know how to beat me. Well, you only beat me once, and I beat you the other times. But then, she wasn't enlisting Aaliyah to try to hurt Nikki Cross. She no. wasn't, like, everybody else, she was like, oh yeah, I can definitely beat this person. And this is the first time that she's like, Maybe I do need a toady.
1: Yeah, she just picked the wrong one.
0: I don't want. I don't want the Christian mom, and I don't want
1: Christian mom.
0: I don't want the weird dominatrix. But uh, Aaliyah, I can definitely keep you under my thumb.
1: I think Lacey would have done a better job. The marker hasn't washed off of her
0: hand yet, so (laughs) that was a sharpie. So that takes a while. Here's the difference, though. Shayna Baszler actually watches pro wrestling if i go with the dominatrix or the christian mom they have enough innate skill that eventually they're gonna turn on me don't want that to happen so i'm gonna go with Aaliyah because there's no way she's ever gonna have the balls to do that (laughs) there was a lot of whiny yelling from commentary from shayna i love that she does absolutely nothing to mask how annoying her voice is as somebody with a very annoying voice, I really appreciate that. Thank you, Shayna. You're finally standing up for our kind.
1: She sounds like a real schoolyard bully that just never grew up. But she's great. I did like what she got up on the table, though, and they both stared each other down while Kyra was wrenching Aaliyah's legs oh, out. Oh,
0: God. And she did those three drop anchors. Yeah. Like.
1: It was foreshadowing because that was what she was going for on Shayna at this uh, takeover. She did like four or five drop anchors. She did a bunch.
0: Doing three elbow drops in a row is if Shayna Baszler had any moves like an elbow drop, something that Shayna Baszler would do. She would definitely just keep doing a power move like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to just do this all night. Fuck you.
1: Well, it's like how she keeps carefruiting people even after they're dead.
0: She's very well hated, too. Surprisingly, the smarky Brooklyn audience still hated her. Still fucking hates her. Still hated and her. really loved Kyrie Sane. Yeah,
1: but I mean again, I'll refer back to what Emily said. She's a she's an anime character, so these these fucking neckbeard dudes all all go nuts after. They probably have like body pillows and
0: shit at home. Yeah. Ronda Rousey, even though I don't like her because of her views about Sandy Hook and trans women.
1: Oh, Jesus. Sandy Hook, too?
0: Oh, yeah. She's a Sandy Hook truther. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Okay, go on. Uh, she actually had a really good line because the other three horsewomen of MMA were in the audience. When Kyrie Sane came out and spun her little pirate wheel, Ronda Rousey yells, That wheel doesn't do anything. She's not a real pirate. Whoa.
1: That was brilliant.
0: So... Ronda Rousey, breaking kayfabe.
1: Yeah, wow. That's like a Kevin Owens stealing some guy's phone level of uh, (laughs) fucking shit. Because that's the kind of shit I'll watch. I don't watch the main roster anymore, but I'll watch when Kevin Owens steals a guy's phone. Good, okay. Good on you, Ronda. Maybe you'll turn into a heel later. I could certainly boo you. I have no problem with that.
0: This was such a great match.
1: This could have been match of the night. Wasn't my match of the night, but it could have been.
0: I think it's my match in the night. Yeah, I'm
1: not surprised. It's a really great
0: match. I really loved the story of this match, which is Shayna Baszler keeps having Kyrie Sane's number, but not actually focusing enough because she looks down on Kyrie Sane too much, and Kyrie Sane just refuses to quit.
1: She gets out of so much stuff. She rope breaks Akira Fuda. She doesn't... And then ultimately... She figures a way out of the Kira
0: But Shayna Baszler herself powers through getting elbow dropped twice to respond, which is like awesome. I saw
1: that not even as her powering through. I saw that as her just being that tough. True, it but... wasn't even willpower for her. I still saw her as being just like, no. Like, we didn't see that face we saw on her with Nikki. We never saw her looking worried, really. She still always looked like she was in control. And she, when she lost control, she would get it back really, really well. And even after getting hit by all those things, she's just like, no, I'm going to tough it out because I'm
0: just that much better. The ending is kind of a blue balls ending, but it's because Shayna Baszler... Who weirdly, Kyrie Sane, this small lady, has been almost outpowering Shayna Baszler. But Shayna Baszler has been out-wrestling Kyrie Sane.
1: Yeah, she's been getting out of everything.
0: But then she cinches in the Kirifuda clutch, doesn't do the leg vines, however, because she's like, there's no way that she's getting out of this. And it's that moment of cockiness that Kyrie Sane goes. Okay, I'm just going to roll through it, pin you while still in the Kirifuta clutch, and you're not even going to know what I'm doing, and I just won. Uh Haha. Yeah. Fuck you.
1: Yeah. It was pretty cool, especially since it came right after countering one of the drop anchors. She, like, sticks her legs up, kicks her right in the face, and she gets the Kirifuta, and you think it's over. That's it. She's been so physically overwhelming that you can't... You can't see her losing. She can't get pinned. She's not going to get submitted because she's gotten out of every time that she wants to try and break her ankles. So it's just like it fits so well because Shayna has looked the entire match, even when she's getting the shit kicked out of her, she's only looked confused and perhaps like outfought, not necessarily outwrestled ever.
0: There have been a million moments where it's clear that Shayna Baszler has done some of her homework you know she's clearly like studied okay how does Kyrie sane fight how can i counter some of this shit yeah what she wasn't expecting was that Kyrie sane might have done the same thing with the kirifuda clutch and was like oh as long as she doesn't put her legs around my abdomen i can do this to get out of it yeah and possibly even win and Shayna baszler after the match has a great backstage segment she has the rest of the three horsewomen in tow, which is how it should be. Shayna Baszler is in charge. Ronda Rousey is at the back of the line. Well, Come she on.
1: was one of the first, actually, Shayna Baszler. She did it before. Yeah.
0: She's being interviewed. How do you feel about Kyrie Sane and how, how she beat you tonight? And Shayna Baszler goes, excuse me, are you going to do the thing that everybody else is already doing? And ask me that fucking question. Because you're all getting it wrong. Kyrie Sane didn't beat Shayna Baszler. I lost. There's a difference.
1: That is incredible.
0: She ends it by saying, just know she did not outfight me. I am still the better fighter and walks away. And I'm like, oh my God. I can't. I already can't wait for their next match. That's yeah. gonna be so great.
1: It is gonna be great. It's it's gonna be really good. And that was the way to do it.
0: The best Shayna Baszler, the Shayna Baszler that I fell in love with, is the Shayna Baszler that feels like she has to prove something to everybody, and now she has to prove something again. Yeah, she isn't just holding onto the belt. She now has to show up and be like. Uh, you know how I broke Ember Moon's shoulder? Well, that was me going easy on someone because you took the belt from me and I'm going to make your life a living
1: hell. I want to see more like bullying shit from Shayna too. Interrupting things, demanding the rematch right away and getting denied. And then like just, just just, wearing her down until she gets it. I think it'll be really fun.
0: Even though the second Kyrie Sane won, I collapsed into my seat and Hannah asked me if I was okay. Uh, This was the match of the night for me. I loved this. Yeah,
1: it was really good. It was really good.
0: I mean, really, the only problem with this match is that Shayna Baszler did it win. Yeah, I don't know. I would For me. I I can understand if that wasn't a problem for other people. Last, but certainly not least.
1: The most divisive match of the night. There were people getting up and leaving within one second of the of the match ending.
0: Yeah, it was kind there of was surprising. This
1: is bullshit chant.
0: Um, I mean, the ending was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, but apparently on the Internet, people are saying Gargano literally got hurt for real. So they called it in the match.
0: Yeah, that's what some people are saying. I don't buy I don't that. know
1: if I buy it either.
0: We can get to why I don't buy that a little later. I don't but buy first, necessarily. Let's talk about the extremely fun but very goofy build to this match.
1: Yeah, this match includes a Poirot-style murder mystery.
0: <laughs> Those videos that they released were the like murder on the Orient Express of wrestling, where it's like, was it the wealthy dowager?
1: Who else could it be? Well, it could be three quarters of everyone on the show. But also, let me talk to you about... Oh, Kona Reeves looks angry talking in his phone. It's like, okay.
0: There was a mysterious man in yellow that was eventually revealed to be Lars Sullivan. And I was obsessed with the man in yellow for about two weeks. I was like, who is that guy in the background that they've been talking about everybody else in the video, but they aren't talking about that man in yellow. Now, if
1: you'll stop the video right now, Tristan, and you'll go back and to the right back and to the right <laughs> you'll see uh you'll see a man in yellow
0: <laughs> who's that man opening his umbrella on a <laughs> sunny day in yeah, the background
1: that doesn't make any sense cubans are involved <laughs> perhaps
0: oh it it turns out that he was uh, doing a protest he's completely uninvolved He's
1: oh, just protesting Aleister Black I get it
0: he's protesting the massacre of NXT stars going to the main roster
1: this is a fun build uh it all involves Johnny Gargano being a moron coming unwound at the seams and just like you know going crazy
0: last we left Ciampa had just become NXT champion oh that was it yeah that's right oh we didn't get any of the build He put himself in the Christ pros and forced the ref to put the belt on him. Yeah, like three Whole nine yards.
1: Yeah, it was great. You're right. Oh, man. So, Johnny was super mad about that.
0: He interrupts Aleister Black, who is in the middle of the ring the next week, saying, Hey, Champa, I'm not going to get into specifics, but something in that match really fucked me up, and I want my rematch, because I'm going to take that belt back. Yeah. in the middle of a sentence, Johnny Gargano comes out completely oblivious that this guy is seething with hatred for him and is like, shut up, I have to say something to Ciampa. Yeah. He's only champion because of me. You're
1: only champion because of me. You're only He says it of me. like
0: 20 times and then gets kicked in the side of the head. And Alistair Black delivers the great line. Yeah, Johnny, I guess he is only champion because of you. Like... Again, take a look around you and try to figure out if I might hate your guns. Who's
1: really affected by the fact that he's NXT champion? Is it you, you crying baby? Or is it the guy he took the championship belt from because you hit me with it? So Regal decides that Johnny is his favorite wrestler, which everybody knows already, and says, it's going to be a triple threat match now. It's like, what the fuck? He didn't earn that.
0: He doesn't need to earn anything because he's the heel yeah because he's, he's not, the heel he's
1: not just a heel he's turning into a fucking monster
0: he's going insane and he's taking the rest of the audience with him because they didn't see it
1: nobody seems to understand that johnny wrestling is a heel now right like everybody still thinks he's okay what the fuck why does every podcast everything everything that i hear or look at say that he's still a fucking super babyface? how can he be such a babyface? he's trying to murder somebody
0: just last night, I was causing the Titan and Fights Twitter account, as well as the people that follow it, I was causing them to melt down. I can't believe that there are people that are cheering Ciampa. And I was like, just so you know, like Champa is pure evil, but at least he doesn't say that he's a good guy trying to set things right and then attack somebody who is defenseless and pleading for mercy. That doesn't seem like the guy that's good yeah. in this yes. equation. What the hell? I was, I was not intentionally, but kind of intentionally You're saying that them shit. You were yeah. Yeah, because then everybody started all caps tweeting back to me. Oh, I got somebody mad. <laughs> I really love you, but, uh, I, I regret nothing that I said.
1: Well, I mean, I can't help but agree with you because he looks like a fucking monster. He's tearing apart his own marriage. He's like being an asshole to his wife. He's he's hitting this guy when the guy is like defenseless. He, he got his take, win. He got justice. Yes, yes. He didn't need to do this. He, he didn't, didn't need to, to interfere in the match. He showed no confidence in Aleister Black, even though Aleister Black could have won from that position.
0: I even brought up that in the last match... He attacked Ciampa when he was strapped to a gurney. And their response was, but that was after Ciampa had spit on his wedding ring. And I was like, those are not in the same universe. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Are you
1: cool with like the guys that like burned their landlord alive like two years ago because he was an asshole? Like, that's not cool. Like, I would, what the hell? Like, justice is. Like, not I hate a shitty good.
0: landlord just as much as anybody yeah, else Yeah, Me lives too, in but New I'm
1: York. not burning mine alive.
0: Justice is supposed to be proportionate.
1: Yeah, that's true too. It's like sometimes you have to just let shit happen and be like, okay, we're moving on and we're going to make the best of the situation and i'm going to win the belt from you. Okay, you're the champ now. I'm going to win the belt from you. Not not i'm not i'm going to prevent you from being the champ by making you the champ. It's
0: just Johnny Gargano needs to learn a little bit of management strategy from Adam Cole. He needs to learn how to recognize troublesome professional relationships and sometimes walk away from them to create a better working environment for everybody else. Yeah. Because right now, he is making everybody's life horrible because he can't let this fucking shit go.
1: Yeah, if my friend betrays me, I'm angry at my friend. Forever, probably. Yes. But, I mean, like, you have to just get away from it. Like, honestly, you can't just go after it. Like, vengeance is horrible. Like, you'll you'll destroy yourself. There's all these stupid myths about it and shit. Because,
0: <laughs> I mean, he is bad now he's very bad he jumped champa before the bell rang. yes that, that is was a, a, heel move. Of a
1: heel move that is that is a fucking los ingobernables of japan los ingobernables de japon los ingobernables of japan suzuki gun that is absolutely just like fucking minoru suzuki and that just like fucking smashing somebody while they're on the yeah, ring yeah, post
0: yeah. taka michinoku yeah Come here, I'm
1: going to kick your ass.
0: That's a long way to say they were going to have a triple threat. And then someone, Johnny Gargano, someone, Johnny Gargano, attacked Alistair Black in the parking lot. I think it Aleister was Alistair Black's Gargano. favorite place. <laughs> um, And literally everybody online is like. Well, it can't be Johnny Gargano, because he's the, the good guy. thing in the world. When he's already accosted Aleister Black like six times, ranting in his face. Yeah.
1: It's insane that nobody thinks it's Gargano. It's insane.
0: He's been saying, only I can set this right. Only I can stop Ciampa, and everybody else is going to get in my way.
1: What, is he running for fucking president or something?
0: This Ciampa guy. We got to get rid of him. He's bad Bad news. dude. Horrible. Yeah, not good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only I could fix it. There's one spot I really loved, which was Gargano's like semi trying to be redemptive spot where he where he knocks Champa down. And it's the last minute sanity, So the count is going on. He gets back in the ring and he sits on the turnbuckle and kind of like prays that Ciampa's going to stay down. <laughs> and I thought that was incredible. <laughs>
0: That was also really great because it mirrored an earlier moment when Ciampa just goes completely brutal on Gargano and then opens one of the steel chairs from their matches and sits it down in the middle of the ring, sits down and starts doing the finger counting along with the ref.
1: I thought that was really great too.
0: And we also get the amazing moment when they're fighting outside. Gargano accidentally kicks the ring bell attendant and then Champa attacks him and starts, he drapes the ring bell attendant over Gargano oh, to keep him down. He, and then starts throwing chairs yeah, and shit on top of him. He does like a <laughs>
1: chair-assisted shining wizard on him that breaks all the barricades and just piles everything on top of Johnny Gargano, including the guy.
0: Very cartoon logic. I love that.
1: office chairs on top of this poor dude, and I'm like, oh, oh.
0: It's like at the end of the Blues Brothers when they're barricading the doors against the SWAT members and John Belushi takes the clearly very light ashtray and various lightly balances on top, like the extra pound is going to keep him out. That's going to do it. That'll do it. But then finally we get to the end. Shit that happens to one of them is starting to happen to the other. So in Chicago 1 and Chicago 2... We had the shot of Ciampa sitting on the table looking at a broken Gargano, and then Gargano sitting on the weird rolly carts looking at Ciampa, right? There's a lot of reoccurring things, and this is why I cannot believe... Also, you're gonna fucking believe Triple H when he says something is real. They're all wrestlers, you idiots. None of it is real. Even the real shit isn't real. Yeah. Because... Johnny Gargano handcuffs Ciampa to a pole and Ciampa starts pleading with him. Please don't, please don't do this. And he backs up and he does his half of their old finisher. He does the two guns. He points at him and he goes for the running knee. And in doing the running knee, he fucking trips over his own feet. Yeah, he he beefs himself. (laughs) <laughs> falls off the stage into a bunch of precariously placed boxes and comes up and immediately is clutching his knee. Yeah,
1: he like breaks his knee or something. He can't do anything now.
0: Which is very funny, but also very important because guess what? Alec, it's the same knee that Ciampa has been injured this entire time. It's He's also clutching his the right knee.
1: same move that started Ciampa's heel turn. So Gargano is now the heel i mean chompa's not the face i'm not saying that i'm not saying is the face i'm saying gargano is a heel now
0: he's at least honest about who he is
1: i am not gonna turn this into an i like Choppa thread there were i like Choppa people there i am not one of those people i do not like Champa. i think he's evil and a monster i think he's a great wrestler great but he's not in the heel closet but I, he's not hiding right. who he is i i know to boo him I didn't boo him because I couldn't bring myself to cheer for Johnny, who is turning into a monster in front of my face.
0: Although reunite DIY is a heel, fashion. right? Exactly.
1: That's probably what's going to happen. That's my thought. I think they're going to with get them the with
0: them both in the uh, right knee knee brace. <laughs> like, I would say
1: within like two or three months, Johnny Gargano is going to be the sputtering toady, who's like completely insane. He's like the Renfield oh, to Chapa's I, I, Dracula.
0: I see it completely opposite. Really? I see it as Gargano becomes the rabid dog that Champa has to keep in check. He's the one that is more brutal and more evil. Brutal. Wild card. Wild card. (laughs) Just hang out with the mighty. He's completely indiscriminate. And Champa, as the one who has accepted who he truly is, has to hold on to his collar and be like, not yet, baby. Not yet. You know what it is? Champa is humongous, and Gargano is Wes in Road Warrior.
1: Okay. We
2: go in. We I understand you, Payne. We all are someone below us but we do it my way we do it
1: my way fear is our ally The gasoline will be ours then you shall have your revenge i just think i can see it happening and i could see people getting really swerved by it and i don't know why
0: because it seems so clear to both of us
1: really just gonna turn around and just be like you're a bunch of fucking marks the minute that it happens and everybody's like i never could have seen
0: it but he was so good excuse me his wife didn't show up this time Uh, yeah
1: he's got problems at home in in kayfabe
0: in kayfabe he
1: fucking topeed onto his wife because she just didn't want him to fight champa and it's like oh whoops whoops I just keep making mistakes and hurting good people. I guess I'm still a good guy, right? I'm still number one.
0: All of these people online going, who is Alistair Black going to be feuding with next because somebody attacked him?
1: Johnny Gargano.
0: Was it the Velveteen Dream who is yelling at a production assistant?
1: Johnny Gargano.
0: Was it Undisputed Era driving around in the Munsters mobile?
1: Johnny Gargano.
0: It was so clearly Johnny Gargano, Johnny
1: Gargano, who walked in without saying anything to Regal as they were going out to investigate. I don't know. And watch, it's not even going to be Johnny Gargano because they're just going to be like, oh, well, everybody still loves Johnny, so we can't turn him yet. <laughs> so Alistair Black is going to throw a pie at Johnny Gargano. Nobody's going to know why it happened. But, you know, I can read between the lines.
0: We can all read between the lines. On this podcast, because we're telling you what's between the lines. And it's Johnny Gargano is it's evil fucking now.
1: Johnny Gargano, guys. He did
0: it. <laughs> if he didn't um, do it,
1: I'm going to say that they had it planned that he did it. And then they just switched it up because they were like, everybody's not getting it yet. Like, I I cannot accept that this is this incredibly obvious thing is not what it is. Unless they're trying to swerve me. I mean, Good. Good on you guys. But, like, why are you trying to swerve me? I'm the only one who's following this right now, apparently. Because I go on the internet, and every motherfucker still thinks he's the golden child.
0: They are sniping this podcast specifically. Yeah,
1: right? Yeah, this podcast with our six people listening to it. Um, Does Chris work for WWE?
0: Chris. Oh, Chris. Chris. You got to watch out. You're going to get one of those... Uh... Wellness violations. Yeah. For hanging out with Chris, Chris. Yeah.
1: Well, whatever. If he works for NXT, he's got a new bro.
0: Yeah, before we wrap up uh, Champa Gargano, let's just throw out there. Really excited about Matt Riddle. Oh,
1: that's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see him like, come out and be everyone's friend and then just rip someone's leg right off.
0: Did you see that photo of him from behind the barrier when they were doing his uh, smile and wave? No. No. So he's wearing his flat brim hat, and he's wearing a suit. But when you go behind him, you see that he's also wearing socks and those slip-on Nike sandals that have the um, uh, fanny pack over the toes. Oh, hell yeah. So that's where he keeps his stash, clearly. Naturally. I love that a man who is that legitimately threatening is also that laid back.
1: Yeah, he's really cool. I'm very excited to see him. I've been watching a little bit of his uh, matches, his recent matches now. I've been trying to find clips of him and stuff so that I could get myself psyched up for him, and he is going to be incredible.
0: He's going to be so good.
1: Put him in a feud with our other new guy right away, Keith Lee.
0: That might be dangerous, because that's like... That will be very brutal. Brutal. That will be very brutal. The only problem is, is that that tanks one of those guys That's right sh- away oh, yeah, yeah, yeah never
1: mind don't put him in a long term don't put them in a few now build it up first
0: yeah what you really need to do is bore everybody by having three months of two squash matches an episode keith lee comes out and destroys somebody matt riddle comes out and destroys somebody yeah. and as, as they as they transition from one squash match to another, they need to do the uh, Looney Tunes like... Oh, uh, the
1: wolf and the sheepdog?
0: Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Ralph.
1: Yes! Absolutely. <laughs> then one day they clock in at the same time, and they just look at each other.
0: Sadly, we don't end this takeover on the image of our, our happy bro boy yeah. smiling like the angel he is. No. We end it with... Johnny Gargano being attended to by medics and looking back up the ramp at Champa holding the belt in front of a big four. What could it all mean, Alec? What could it all mean?
1: Johnny Gargano is bad now is what it means.
0: Well, I don't think it means that. It, it more means that they're going to have another match.
1: Oh, well, yeah, there's going to be a Gargano champ before. Yeah, of course.
0: In that match, Johnny Gargano is clearly going to be evil.
1: Oh, yeah. They're going to spin him around and turn him upside down and just flip him every. Single Unless
0: way. at the last moment they do the uh, Sami Zayn and he goes to. He realizes the monster he's become. But at this moment, I'm like, no, take him evil.
1: Yeah, do it. Just make him all the way evil.
0: There are so many people in the audience that I just want to hear their hearts I, I breaking in see real time. Them-
1: react to this and just look at them and say why didn't you see
0: it he literally attacked a man
1: who was handcuffed to a pole
0: strapped to a gurney oh
1: yeah that's true too
0: he's done so much shit that everybody's like yeah but he had to strap him to a pole because earlier in the match champa very goofily put a knocked out body over his shoulders it's like those aren't the same thing you're, you're making
1: it you're doing a moral equivalency here which is a big problem yeah. you, you really can't do a moral equivalency and expect to be the good guy pretty much in any situation so i think hey you know whatever um i feel like with champa he's just so actually evil even though they're trying to transition him away in his interactions with alistair black he hasn't been evil but in his
0: interactions with johnny gargano he's still like Evil. But he's the evil you know, Alec. He's the evil you know. Yeah,
1: well, there are known knowns, and there are unknown knowns, and there are known unknowns, and there are unknown unknowns.
0: That's true. Good going, Mr. Rumsfeld. I know heels. <laughs> Next month is going to be. Real fun to watch the fallout from all this. Yeah, show.
1: I'm excited. I can't wait to see uh, who beat up Aleister Black in the parking lot because it's a total mystery. They might have to get a psychic in to read the room or something. I like how they even focused on the table with uh sitting down with his, Johnny's wife. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, Candice LeRae is uh, here. She could have done it. Well, I we mean, really? Could she? she seems to still be pretty good. I mean, she's married to him.
0: Although, again, they've been kind of taking Cassius Ono, if not oh, in a Ohno heel direction, a, guy, a, or a, a more guy. brutal direction. Brutal.
1: Yeah. Not a bad guy. A mean but
0: guy. he's still he's still hanging out with Candice LeRae and Kyrie Sane, yeah. which are like two of the biggest faces. Yeah,
1: and it's like, oh, Kyrie Sane could have done it. Y'all know how mean she is.
0: What? One of the other people that was in the uh, parking lot was Shayna Baszler, and it's like, no, Shayna Baszler... Shayna Baszler probably
1: doesn't even know who Alistair Black is.
0: She doesn't care about people that can't forward her life. She's probably just like, who
1: the hell are you? Are you Swedish or something? Lose some weight. (laughs) She's probably just
0: mean. The only reason that Shayna Baszler and Alistair Black would ever cross paths and get into a fight is like talking about metal.
1: Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe.
0: I like doom metal. Well, I like black metal. We're not friends anymore.
1: I don't think Shana would like doom metal. I think she likes like power metal and butt rock and shit. Yeah, 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 like, yeah I think yeah. she's like totally she all the way. She definitely does. Like, yeah. she's just power metal, butt rock and like thrash shit all the way.
0: Oh, I love Shana. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty
1: cool. <laughs> she really she's <laughs> turning me around. Uh,
0: this this takeover was really great. She looked like a fucking monster powerhouse. So yeah, there you go. I really, I really love that she threads the needle between, like, cool, calm, and collected, and complete dork. Yeah, yeah, that's great.
1: She is uh, one of a, one of a kind right now. But I will tell um, you, uh, this is this is the end of the show, so it's time for our top ten list. Uh,
0: top ten, top
1: ten. You're gonna do a top ten now. No. Okay, see, he's still the heel, guys. He won't do top heads. Uh, top tells is what the people want. That's going to get us all those v- views or whatever the hell it is that we're looking for.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would that make you happy, guys? You want a top 10? You want a top 10? Well, too bad. See,
1: that's Tristan. He said that. He's the heel.
0: This has been What's NXT. I've been Tristan Marsh. I've been Alec Basio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um, you can also email us at what's NXT at gmail.com.
1: That's right. Chris emailed us.
0: You can contact me. I'm on Twitter at enemy of both. I'm also on Patreon at undisputed artist. Yeah, baby. Throw me a couple bucks. It'll make it easier to make these and then we can make more and then it'll be fun.
1: Do it. Give them money.
0: Alec, you got anything to plug? No,
1: not this week. Cool. I'm done plugging shit now. I guess you guys could go check out the archives for uh, NYG, which is going to be pretty cool. Virtual Fighter shit. Everybody get in there. I organized the tournament, so I'm assuming I'm probably not going to do that great this time. So that's the reason. I'm the organizer. Guys, I'm behind the scenes. I'm back office. You can't expect me to. I mean, Gato doesn't win, right? Come on.
0: He's a big mover and shaker. Yeah. but
1: Gato never you know. wins. I mean, I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying that these matches are
0: worked. There's no way smooth yeah i'm actually i've always been
1: wondering i've been wondering if we could do something like that if you could get a fighting game tournament like people love it and there's wrestling themed ones now and they could start doing a work i feel like they could start working them there was a time when that happened a few years ago and people got so mad about it because there was collusion at the end the top two guys were just like "Want to just play it out but we'll just split the pot the last two guys and then they were like yeah because they knew each other and they were just like man i don't want to fucking like stress out over this shit let's just fucking have fun we'll just do we'll put on a good show they pick characters they never play and they were just like doing like weird crazy combos and shit on each other and people were like this was a major tournament people got so pissed because it was so obviously at work i know for a fact not every tournament not all the time but i know for a fact that still happens
0: Alex breaking kayfabe here. Uh, yeah,
1: but don't blame me. I mean, I wasn't the one who broke the story. I was just uh, telling you what I heard. Post post
0: this on on YouTube. Alec Baccio shoots on... Yeah, right, yeah. Shoots on fighting game tournaments. End it with like six exclamation points. Yeah.
1: Put a really elaborate <laughs> intro with like all your favorite wrestling factions logos going one by one cycling to some stupid hip-hop music.
0: Can't wait to talk to you again. You know it. That'll be in about a month. Yeah,
1: that's it. We don't talk to each other in between.
0: Guys, please tune in next time to find out what's next. What's NXT. Brainworms have compromised to a permanent end. (laughs) John McCain.